0: Neuro Pathways, a Cleveland Clinic podcast exploring the latest research discoveries and clinical advances in the fields of neurology, neurosurgery, neuro rehab, and psychiatry.
1: One in every six people around the globe has a neurologic disease, and while many of us will spend our careers managing the symptoms of these diseases, it remains a challenge to predict who will become sick or how to cure or even stop the progression of these diseases. In today's episode, we're discussing Cleveland Clinic's landmark brain study, aiming to pinpoint disease biomarkers before clinical symptoms present. I'm your host, Glenn Stevens, neurologist, neurooncologist in Cleveland Clinic's Neurological Institute. Joining me for today's conversations are Drs. Andre Machado and Ahmad Najam. Dr. Machado is a functional neurosurgeon and serves as the co PI on the Cleveland Clinic Brain Study, as well as chairman of Cleveland Clinic's Neurological Institute. Dr. Najam is an epileptologist, also serving as a co PI on the Cleveland Clinic Brain Study, and he is the director of Cleveland Clinic's Charles Shore Epilepsy Center. Andre and Ahmad, welcome to NeuroPathways.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
1: So I'm very hopeful and very excited about this study, not only for my patients, but also for my friends and family. Uh, I'm not sure if you're aware, but my mother had multiple sclerosis, and it's really the main reason uh, that I decided to go into medicine. And I think on a daily basis uh, with my brain tumor patients, I hear the why and how long uh, from my patient. How long have I had this? Why do I have it? And sadly, these are usually questions that we cannot answer and i'm hopeful uh, that this study will lead to answers and more early efficacious treatments so let's start with an introduction to the research and you can start to tell me simply what is the brain study andre did you want to start
3: sure the brain study is the first study of this scale depth and detail to learn the underpinnings of neurological disease before neurological disease. The interest here is to study a very, very large cohort of normal individuals without neurological disease and follow them up as they age. We know that most will age healthy Some unfortunately will age into neurological disease. And our objective is to understand the silent phase. What is happening to the brain, to the body? What's happening to health in the years that precede the first manifestation? Believing that that will be the most valuable time to develop new targets and come up with new interventions.
1: Excellent, Ahmad, uh, what drove you to develop the study? And certainly you can add to anything that Andre has already discussed.
2: Yeah, thank you, Glenn. Uh, As we know, the risk of being affected by a neurological disorder increases exponentially uh, with age. With the annual incidence that uh, reaches its peak of approximately 15% per year in those of us who are 75 years and older. Now, as neurologists, we know that the diagnosis of a neurological disorder during the later stages of life is made after the clinical symptoms are seen and sometime even later. At that point, when we have the clinical symptoms or signs happening, studies showed that in patients, for example, with dementia, Parkinson's disease, epilepsy, that there have been changes uh, that preceded these clinical signs and symptoms at the molecular and cellular level. That's why the uh, diagnosis is typically very late And we all encounter the problem in dealing with this diagnosis after its onset. It's very difficult to stop, let alone to prevent these disorders from happening. So that's why we thought there is a need for an in-depth characterization of the brain and the body at various levels before the disease starts. And Andre, as André mentioned, during that silent phase was the main goal of looking at or identifying the fingerprints of the disease before the disease happens.
1: So as they say, it takes a village. Uh, and I think with the scope of the project that you're looking at here, it really does take a village. Who are the? What are the various uh, clinical departments that will be involved with the study, uh, the various services, and then maybe you can go into the breadth of the study, the numbers of patients you're looking at and some of the criteria.
2: So we have multiple departments and uh, specialists who are going to be involved in the study. That will include neurologists, that will include uh, various neurological subspecialists, such as uh, Alzheimer's specialists, movement disorder specialist, stroke specialist, epileptologist, sclerosis specialist. And then outside the neurological specialties, we have psychologists and psychiatrists involved. We have neuropsychologists. We do have neuroradiologists, ophthalmologists, cardiologists, and geneticists with bioinformatic expertise. How many patients are we looking at? Uh, you know, our goal is to enroll up to 200,000 individuals over many years. And as a first phase, uh, our goal would be to enroll around 10,000 individuals during the first five years of the study. Since the start of the study, we witnessed significant interest in uh, our uh, patients and in the community in general, and we had thousands of requests so far.
1: You know, we're a large enterprise. Are you looking at centers outside of uh, Cleveland? Is Vegas going to be involved? Any of the other? Florida?
3: The study is named Cleveland Clinic Brain Study for a reason. We want to include and take advantage of the global organization that we are. And part of the opportunity is... To increase the diversity, the study for it to be successful needs to be a representative sample of America. And the more inclusive we can be geographically and across races, ethnicities, the more informative this will be to developing new treatments down the line. Any exclusion criteria? The presence of neurological disease. We want to recruit normal uh, volunteers. Then there will be other exclusion criteria depending on things that we need to uh, do. For example, if the person cannot have an MRI, we cannot uh, enroll the person in the study. There will be some specifics. But I think the most important and perhaps counterintuitive thing to the public is that we are investigating people without neurological disease, by definition.
1: Now, I noticed that within the criteria, adults who are 50 years of age plus with no known neurologic disease can do it, or individuals greater than age 20 that have a first-degree relative with multiple sclerosis. Why did you choose multiple sclerosis as your neurologic disease for this study for younger patients?
3: We're actually looking at all neurological diseases. The study is not aimed exclusively at multiple sclerosis. But one way of uh, explaining this is that we do not want to miss the boat in multiple sclerosis and take advantage of the younger population that with family history may be at a higher risk and enroll these individuals uh, when they are healthy.
1: Ahmad, anything else to add to that? Uh, Or I could just ask you, how is it going? Have you actually started to enroll patients?
2: Yes, we actually enrolled our first patient
1: Congratulations.
2: Yeah, mid-January. And for the last week or so, we've got more than a couple thousand individuals who signed up to be enrolled in this study. And we are scheduled for almost every business day for the month of January and February.
1: Excellent. I'm not surprised about the excitement. When I was coming over to do the podcast, I was talking to my nurse Uh, And she said that she's looking into the study and wants to do it. Uh, So there's clearly a lot of interest uh, within the organization and even outside the organization, as there should be uh, with this study.
2: There is another detail about the study that is very important, which is uh, the individuals who uh, we are trying to recruit, they do not need to be necessarily patients of Cleveland Clinic. We aim to enroll Patients are individuals from various backgrounds and that the final picture that we have should mirror the society where we live in as in the United States.
1: You know, you always learn the most the first few patients you put on a study of how you should be doing it differently. So I'm sure that will evolve as you move through. Uh, Anything that you've learned already with the first patient that, boy, this is going to take a lot longer than we thought, or boy, it went nice and smooth?
3: Oh, we learned something really important this morning. Uh, <laughs> we heard Theresa, our first patient, speak about this study. And she outdid Dr. Najim and I by a lot. She understood very much the purpose of this study, why we're doing this. And she made the case for everyone else to participate. Yeah, I, I think that it just has such far-reaching implications for
1: all of us and Uh, Our time is coming, one in six, right? So I I think that this is very important information that we all need.
3: It is. And I I think that uh, in in one way, looking at this study is thinking about the next generation. We today benefit from great advancements of medicine that were uh, developed by our predecessors, by our ancestors. And they... Uh, dedicated their time, effort, and resources for us to have better health. I think that this is an opportunity, given the technological advancements that we now have, for us to do this and provide better neurological outcomes for our next generations. Do this not only for ourselves, but thinking of our kids and grandkids, as the results may take some time to uh,
1: come through. I think one of the other unintended benefits uh, within the institution is that as institutions get large, it's harder to interact with other departments and know everybody that's around. So the nice thing about this is it adds to the collegiality. It allows people to do uh, studies together uh, and who knows what will develop from it. I think that uh, things will spring forward that uh, we had no idea just because we put everybody together in a multidisciplinary approach.
3: I think, you're, uh, I think you're completely right. Uh, this the study, and uh, unusual for a study, we are not making a predefined hypothesis here. We have some thoughts on what we think we will learn, but we have the full expectation that we will learn things that none of us are expecting now, that folks outside of our field may find ways to analyze this data that we today don't know and that the next generation will have an opportunity to look at this data in novel ways that today we don't quite yet know how to do exactly so since you brought it up uh, i'll just ask you
1: short term long term uh, do you have some preset thoughts as to what you might find or do you not want to jump into the pool at this point on that
3: i, I find uh, that Predictions are difficult to make, especially about the future. And I'll let Ahmad do that. <laughs> Ahmad, uh, do you feel brave enough?
2: Yes. Well, uh, Dr. Machado asked me to do it, so I'm going to try my best <laughs> to predict the future. But I hope, you know, in 10 years he would not come after me. So, uh, no, I think uh, we, uh, if we want to think about short term versus long term, I think in the short term, uh, we should be able to identify surrogate biomarkers in the silent phase to predict the onset of various neurological problems. And these surrogate biomarkers, because of the degree of hyper that we are getting our individuals to go through, could be the blood surrogate biomarkers, like inflammatory biomarkers, for example, or could be at the level of the structure of the brain, looking at MRIs, or it could be at the neurophysiological level, or it could be at the psychological, neuropsychological, cognitive level. So we think there may be in the short term, some not causative biomarkers, but maybe surrogate biomarkers in the silent phase to tell us uh, that this person is at risk of developing dementia, Parkinson, stroke, uh, multiple cirrhosis, or epilepsy amongst others. Now, in the mid to long-term part of the study, we, we think here there will be the more exciting least uh, findings for us. And this is, will be the phase of identifying actionable biomarkers targets for treatment. And that will be here to start a new phase and the phase of uh, designing medications or biological interventions to target these various causative biomarkers that we are identifying. And there is an emerging field that we we think will be using or will be taken advantage of, which is we may be able to identify pathways, genetic pathways or molecular pathways that will be causative for a type of Alzheimer's, for example, or in the silent phase of development of epilepsy, that we can repurpose already existing medications for the treatment of these at-risk individuals, leading to the dream of the study and the long-term goal of the study, which is to find a cure for these neurological disorders
1: well i think there's going to be great excitement about this and i'm sure there's already been great excitement about this i know i'm personally very excited about it uh, and i applaud uh, you both and uh, i know there's a, another co-investigator and all the other individuals that are involved with the project i think this is where we need to go and i think this is good for everybody and i hope that you guys are able to spend time at the cleveland clinic and you're not off on the road uh, talking about this all the time uh, but i'm sure there will be great uh, interest in your time uh, andre and ahmad appreciate to all of your insights today any additional closing comments before we end
3: as we were saying before we want to recruit a very good representation of all of us of the population of the united states we ask that all of you listeners to please volunteer yourselves for this study but equally important To talk to your community and circle of friends and family, bring them into the study. Uh, By bringing your friends and your loved ones, you will uh, increase your impact and multiply your effect and help us lead this into the future. Well, Andre and
1: Ahmad, this is a very exciting study. I'm really looking forward uh, to the progress as it moves along. And we'd like to uh, thank you both for joining us today and wish you the best.
3: Thank you very much. Thank you.
0: This concludes this episode of Neuro Pathways. You can find additional podcast episodes on our website, clevelandclinic.org slash or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, you can access real-time updates from experts in Cleveland Clinic's Neurological Institute on our Consult QD website. That's consultqd.clevelandclinic.org slash neuro or follow us on Twitter at CLEClinicMD, all one word. And thank you for listening.